0: Anyway, grab your Bible if you would like. And uh, we're going to read from Deuteronomy chapter 28. How many people know where Deuteronomy is in the Bible? It is uh, in the first part of the Bible. It's in the Torah. How many people know what Torah means? Duncan does? Duncan, tell me because it's a trick question. Torah means? No, that's Pentateuch. Pentateuch is Greek for first five books. tell you the Torah means law but it sort of means law but it means the way the word the Torah literally means the way and it's the ways of God are locked in these first five books of the Bible uh and when we read them we we see how God works with people because it's really where God began to work with people We've got Adam and Eve you got Abraham right at the start you got nowhere in between the two uh you got the people of Israel emerging and then you got this great guy Moses who comes he's the person who writes it all down uh, and it's about how God works with people how God works with his special people right now the reality is this the reality is this that we can read in the Bible, we can read the story of Adam and Eve, we can still read the story of Noah and then we can then abraham 's the next one then you 've got Isaac and Jacob uh, Joseph and then Moses, then Joshua then uh, Saul, David, Solomon, I don't know the rest of the kings. Then you've got the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, the, the larger ones. Then you've got down Hosea and all that one. They're smaller books, but significant prophets. You can read this whole story, and what the whole, the whole Old Testament story is, that God is reaching out and connecting with a group of people, right? He draws out a group of people, and He wants to bless them, and He wants to connect with them. He wants to mark them out as special, right, as chosen, right? And then he does that through this group of people. He brings himself into the picture, into the story. The reason he called out the people of Israel is so that he could bring his own presence as Messiah into the human order, right? And this is this guy we know and refer to as Jesus. He's God himself in a human form. He lives a perfect life and he dies a sacrificial death to pay the penalty for all of the sin of the universe, So he pays it for your sin, yes, he pays for this lie and that lie, but more importantly, he he covers the debt of all universal sin, all the brokenness and the human order and the cosmos. He pays that penalty. He takes it upon himself substitutionarily, right, and dies as a penalty for all of that sin, right? And then he's raised again to life because he died righteous. He's raised again to life and he has victory over sin and death. And then he invites us, Jesus does, into relationship with him, right? And then we become the marked out people of God. The difference now is that anyone can become the people of God now. Anyone, wherever you're from, whatever your race, whatever your background, whatever your lifestyle, you can become the marked out chosen people of God by joining Equipment Church Wellington. no. By identifying yourself with Jesus Christ, by learning and living in relationship with him, learning his ways and following him, right? An expression of following Jesus is that you become part of a church, right? Because the church is the body of Christ. So that means that the church is, when we think about Jesus, how, do you, how can you see and interact with Jesus today? You do that here because this is it this is the body of christ and it has a metaphysical global expression called the the worldwide catholic church right which is not the catholic church catholic means worldwide and so if you got it's a good name for church catholic we are the church right um Let's not get into that, right? But every person who identifies themselves with Jesus individually is part of this metaphysical church, right? Of every Christian everywhere, just like we're part of the human race, right? But you can't actually be part of the human race without also being a part of at least one or two actual races. It's hard to be part of the human race if you're not human, Do you get what I mean? Like, like, yes, you're part of this human race. Oh no, I'm just part of the human race. But you also had a mum and you had a dad, and I know that for a fact, right? I know that for a fact. If if you didn't have a mum and a dad, you can turn the water into wine, you can walk on water, and you will die for the sins of the world and rise again. But we've actually already had Jesus, which means you had a mum and dad, so you had you have an actual place in an actual race. And your way your way of being part of the big picture is to be part of the small picture, right? And it's the same with church. You don't get to be part of the big picture church without being part of a small picture church, right? I'm part of Equipus Church Wellington, and that's your connection to the body of Christ globally. That gives you a connection to every Christian everywhere. It makes you part of the family of God. As First Peter says, that once we were not a people, but now we've become the people of God, a chosen priesthood a royal priesthood a chosen nation of people belonging to god that we might declare his praises to principalities and powers right it's awesome it's poetry that's why you can remember it right that we become a people right isn't it cool because wherever you however you identify yourself as a new zealander or you know whatever your racial background or wherever you're from in the world the reality is that when we identify ourselves with christ we become part of a much bigger expression of humanity and that's in the church and everybody said So this is what God says about us, the church. This is part of God's plan for us. It's Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 to 14. We're going to throw it up on the big screen there because I can't read the small letters in my Bible in the night service because it's too dark. It says this, if you fully obey the Lord your God. Stop, 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 stop. This is a blessing that's bestowed upon people who can fully obey the plans of God, the decrees of God. You can't do that, but you don't actually have to to access the blessing of God. The way we read this backwards from the New Testament is we know that Jesus lived fully the expression, fully lived the law in righteousness, and we receive his righteousness. So that gives us access to the presence and the blessing of God, even though we make mistakes, we can in Christ be positioned before God as holy, right? So if you fully obey the Lord your God or if your life is surrendered to relationship with Christ and the Holy Spirit is working in you in sanctification and you carefully keep His commands that I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all of the nations of the world. You will experience all of these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring on your herds will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and bread boards. How many people want their bread board blessed? Yeah, the fruit baskets and your bread boards will be blessed. Right, can you get this as picture language for us in the modern context, right? You. I'm just changing to reading this now. You'll be blessed with baskets overflowing with fruit and kneading bowls filled with bread. This is a slightly different version. You'll be blessed wherever you go, both in your coming in and your going out. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They will attack you, bad news from one direction, but they will scatter in seven directions, good news. The Lord will bless everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain. The Lord your God will bless you in the land He is giving you. If you obey the commands of the Lord, the Lord... And, Sorry, come make. Blah. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, the Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he solemnly promised to do. Then all the nations of the world will see that you are people claimed by God, and they will stand in awe of you. The Lord will give you an abundance of good things in the land that he swore to give your ancestors many children, numerous flocks, and abundant crops, right? The Lord will send rain at the proper time from the rich treasury of the heavens and he'll bless all the work you do. You will lend to many nations, but you will never need to borrow from them. If you listen to these commands of the Lord your God and carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You will always have the upper hand. You must not turn away from any of the commands I'm giving you today to follow after any other gods or worship them. So point number one we've got to understand today is that God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you abundantly. God wants to bless you this way. He wants to bless you that way. He wants to bless you wherever you go. He wants to bless you whatever you do. He wants to bless every aspect of your life. He blesses you whether you're living in the town. He blesses you in the city. He blesses you in the country. He blesses your fields. He blesses, so that's your work. He blesses your fruit trees. That's the things that just develop out of your life. He blesses your needing board. So He blesses your home. He blesses your ability to provide. He wants to bless your family. He wants to bless you with with a life partner. He wants to bless you with family. He wants to put kids in your world. He wants to bless you. He wants to bless you in ways you don't know. He wants to bless you in ways you can't imagine. He wants to bless you in ways you don't understand. He wants to bless you with His healing power. He wants to bless you with health. He wants to bless you with rain from heaven at the right time, the right amount of rain at the right place. He wants to bless you. But more than that, He wants to bless us. He wants to bless us as His people. He wants to bless us so much so much. He wants to bless us so much that we always have the upper hand, that our enemies flee in seven directions. He wants to bless us so that we are above, high above every other nation of the world, the church. He wants to bless us. He wants to bless us like that. He wants to bless us so much that when people look at us, they say this, that there's something amazing about that person. There's something different about that person. God wants to bless you in such a way that you stand out among all of your peers. He wants to bless you in such a way that in your workplace you stand out, your work stands out, your ethics stands out, your effort stands out, your your finances stand out in such a way that all of your workmates and the people as they come into contact with you start to see there's something different about you. Now, for most Christians, that's just the difference about you and other people is that you listen to bad music and you wear bad clothes, right? And you waste a lot of time on Sundays and give ten percent of your income to the church. now that's not enough. There's got to be something more about you that's different. God wants to do more in you because He wants to bless you in such a way that people want to be like you. He wants He's your you are the bait in God's plan. God wants to bless you in such a way that people say to you, How do you? How are you so blessed? I want to be like you and then you can tell them the truth. Well, the reason I'm blessed like this is because I'm incredibly smart. Or you can tell them the truth. The reason you're blessed like you're blessed is because you're good looking and you're charming. Or the reason you're blessed like you're blessed is because your family are blessed. No, you can tell them the truth that the reason your life works and the reason your life makes sense is that when you face challenges, you can hit them and still keep moving forward. That when things come up against you, even though they come up against everybody else, that they flee from you, right? You can tell them that the truth, that the reason you look different to other people is because the presence of God is living within your life. You are blessed. What does it mean to be blessed? The other old translations say this, to be blessed is to be happy and to be envied. People want to be like you and they want to be you. That's what they mean by envied. What does it mean to be blessed? What does it actually mean though? You read the story of Abraham. He's the first first guy that God really blessed. God called him out as an individual and says, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to bless your family line. Right? Because God had already blessed Adam and Eve and it didn't work out because Adam and Eve wanted to separate themselves. So God wants to bless Adam and Eve and Adam and Eve say, "No, no, we want to choose so they wanted to choose. They wanted to choose their own power. They wanted to, to choose their own like, story. And God said, no, I'm going to put you in this environment that's fully blessed. Like read, read Genesis chapter 2. It says there's gold, exceptionally pure gold. There's beautiful trees with delicious fruit. Now, if you were designing the Garden of Eden, there would be trees and there would be potatoes. But when God designed the Garden of Eden, there's beautiful trees and there's delicious fruit. And there's gold and it just says there's exceptionally pure gold. So God put these people, these representative people or these actual people, it probably doesn't matter. He puts people in an exceptional position. And we know from the story that God used to walk and talk with Adam in the cool of the evening. What made them blessed? Was it the trees and the fruit, the gold? Or was it the God who walked with them in the cool of the evening? See, because when they broke relationship with God, God separates them from the garden. God's not punishing them. God's protecting them. because you can't have a relationship with God. The reason we need Jesus to cover us and cover our sin is because we can't relate with God with our sin. Because if sin is part of us, and it is until we respond to Jesus, sin is part of us. And so God can't draw us near because in God's holy presence, God doesn't have to decide to destroy you. You're simply destroyed because of your sin. So here's the thing. Sin... God doesn't destroy us, sin destroys us because of his holy power, right? Because his holy power destroys sin, right? Yeah? So when we sin, the stupidity of sin and the mistakes that we make is that we're choosing destruction when we're choosing cursing, which you can read about in the second half of the passage. We're choosing cursing and we're separating ourselves from blessing. What are we separating ourselves from? We're separating ourselves from God's presence, from His nearness, from His closeness. God doesn't separate Himself from us. We separate ourselves from Him. So God wants to bless us, but His blessing is relational, not transactional. It's relational, not transactional. Jesus tells the story of two sons. There's the parable is called the prodigal son. The parable of the prodigal son. There's these two sons that grow up in an exceptionally wealthy family. And the youngest of the two sons, at, the, at sort of the time of his early maturity, he says to his father, I don't want to wait until you die to receive my inheritance. I want my inheritance now. And so the father gives him half of the whole family's wealth, and he takes it away, and then he wastes it. It, it it uses all, it uses up. The question you gotta ask yourself is did he waste it? Did he waste it or, or did it just slowly deplete as it comes away from the father? Because because the other the other son stays with the father and remains continually wealthy. <clears throat> He's still distant in his heart from the father. That's part of the, part of the point of the whole story. He's distant in his heart, but he stays close enough to the father that he remains continually wealthy. Except that at the very end of the story, the older brother, the younger brother comes back and he, he's accepted back by the father, which means he's now back on the family farm. He's in relationship with the father, so everything the father has now belongs to him and then the older brother gets upset and he says wow I've been here serving faithfully I've always done the right thing I've been a Christian all my life and you've never blessed me and the father says to the older brother says look around everything that I have belongs to you now what's Jesus speaking to one of the things he's speaking to is that in human nature we want to reduce everything down to a transaction But God wants to lift us to blessing and blessings found in relationship. It's because we are His children that we are blessed. He doesn't need to give us anything. We just are blessed. But as soon as we have a take relationship with God, where God, I I came to church on Sunday and I want to take something away with me. People say things like this all the time. Well, I was going along to church, but it wasn't really doing anything for me. Try saying that to your mum one time when it's like family dinner night, right? And you're all sitting around the table with family dinner. And then you say, I'm not going to come next week, you know, because I keep coming and the food's not very good. Say that to your mum. Say that to your mum and see what happens to your face, right? <laughs> because it's not about whether the food's good, is it? Well, it shouldn't be about whether the food's Maybe you are that terrible and your mum does need to punch your face, right? <laughs> but the reality is you don't, a family doesn't work because of what you get from it. It's just family, Maybe you get stuff from it, maybe you don't, but you're still family, right? And that's the same with church. Come on, we're, we're the family of God. We gather together to relate with God. And God works in our world and we're blessed by his presence and we learn how to receive from him. But we don't need to take something from him. Some people come to church for a charge up to get them through the rest of the week. Well, that's not how it works because you're operating on like a, like a battery where you can actually just plug in and connect with God in a relationship where His grace and His mercy and His love flows to you every day. Everyone say, God wants to bless me. To bless Point number two is this. You are blessed. Okay, everyone remember who God is? Do we all remember who God is? Okay, if God wants to do something, can anybody stop Him? Okay, so you are blessed. Now, this is our series on money. You are blessed. Say, I am blessed. Close your eyes and say, I am blessed. I am the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm above only and never beneath. Okay, open your eyes. Here's the question. What's happening then? God wants to bless you. You are blessed. What's going on with your money? What's going on with your studies? Because this is the truth. God wants to bless you. God's also all-powerful. So you are blessed. Okay. Number one, number one robber of blessing is the is is single simple is comparison. The number one, the number one thief of blessing is comparison, because you can say, well, well, if I if I'm blessed, then I should have as much as. Now, how many of God's blessed me with talents, right? God's blessed me with gifts and abilities and skills, right? And I could easily say, well, if God was going to bless me, why can't I play the bass like Shea can play the bass? Well, that's how people know that that's stupid? Because that's not how abilities work, right? But we can do that with our abilities. We can compare. And then what are we robbed from? We're robbed from being able to understand what our own gifts and talents are. We need to compare ourselves with somebody else. Uh, The Bible says that comparing themselves among themselves, they are not wise and they develop a futility of thinking. Why? Because how many people know that I am fearfully and I'm wonderfully made I'm beautifully the message Bible says I'm beautifully put together that's what the Bible says about me that's what the Bible says about you how many people know you can believe that until you compare until you compare yourself with somebody else or compare yourself with an imaginary standard or if, until you compare yourself with every other chump on Instagram, until you do that, you are, you are happy with how you look until you compare how you look with what society tells you about how somebody else should look. Whereas the truth of the Bible, and it's the truth that sets us free, it's the truth that sets us free. The truth says I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. How many people know, and if you're, once you get older, you start to realize, right, that comparing ourselves with our parents, with somebody else's appearance, and deciding that we're ugly is the stupidest way to approach our self-esteem. That's the stupidest way to assign to us value, right? And we go through that, and we learn it. Now, think about money. It's exactly the same. How much money somebody else has compared to how much money you have has got nothing to do with blessing. Got nothing to do with blessing because we are blessed when we're in the presence of God. We're in the presence of God based on the sacrificial love of Jesus Christ. How much money you have doesn't impact the reality of who Jesus is. Jesus isn't going, oh man, flip. So and so is only earning minimum wage. I really need to pick up my game. No, Jesus is just going, oh no, he's blessed. There's Christians across the world who earn nothing, there are Christians who die of starvation. How does that work? Now, I don't know how that works. But I know this about my own life. I find freedom and power in my finances when I remind myself that I'm blessed. And then I look at my problems and think, okay, I'm blessed. How does this work? I am blessed. God's given me, the Bible says that God gives me everything that I need. I, the, the, god's given me everything i need that i can abound in every good work that's what the what the bible tells me that god god give me everything i need that i can abound in every good work okay so when i look at my finances i'm blessed this is how much money i've got so i'm blessed this is how much money i've got i've been called to make a difference in the world this is how much money i've got right the thing I've got to do is I've got to come at my money and I've got to tell my money how to focus itself on what God's called me to do. Right? If I'm running out of money and I haven't paid my bills, I either don't have enough money or I spent the money on things that weren't part of God's plan. Right? So we've got to, if, we, if we're going to have. Power over money, today the title of the sermon is living powerfully. If we're going to live powerfully, we've got to start from understanding that we're blessed. There's no other way to do this. If you think I'm stupid, it's not a powerful way to approach your problems. If you think I don't have enough money, 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 I don't have enough money. True or not, it's not going to help you. If you think like this, I'm blessed and I have enough money. This is how much money I've got. What am I going to do with my week and my life and my lifestyle and my plans and what clothes am I going to wear and what am I going to buy and what I'm going to spend on based on the fact that I am blessed. God's given me everything I need. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath, right? God is my provider. I don't need to look to anybody else. I don't need to look to loans. I don't need to borrow to make my destiny work. God's got my, got my future in His hands. I want to suggest to you that that is the most powerful way for you to approach your finances. And the most powerful way for you to approach your finances is to approach your finances from the basis that you have enough. It's actually the most powerful way to approach everything. I have enough intelligence to pass this degree. That's the very most powerful way to approach your degree. Whether it's true or not, it's the most powerful way to approach your degree, right? I have enough money, I have enough intelligence, I have the right friends. Right? I've got the resources that I need. Keep telling yourself you don't have enough and that you aren't enough and you will never achieve what God's called for you. Start telling yourself that you have what you need to do, what God's called you to do, and that's the truth, and start moving out in what's this special word, this Christian word, faith the based on the truth of scripture that you are blessed, and you'll find your circumstances, you'll find your situations turning around. I got a feeling people don't believe me. That's why I'm talking loud. The reality is I'm telling you the truth. What's going around and around in your head? I don't have enough, I don't have enough, I don't have enough. You know that it's a lie because because it's dragging you down. That's why you know it's a lie. It drags you down. I don't have enough. I don't have enough. I don't have enough. Right? You've got to get the tape out of the tape deck. Old school way. The beauty of the old days is you could get, you could destroy music. You can't now. It still exists. You, so there's a tape. There's like, there's like a CD. Maybe you understand what a CD is, right? And it's going around and around in your head. This says, I don't have enough. I'll never break through. I could never do that. I could never do that. You've got to take that out, right? And break it. You've got to break that thing and you've got to put something different and that says, I am the head and not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. <laughs> God's going to bless me in the city. He's going to bless me in the field. He's going to bless me wherever I go. He's going to bless me whatever I do. There's a reason I can tell you these bits off by heart. Because I was taught as a 12-year-old to say these things over and over and over again. That's why I'm a relatively confident person. You should have met me when I was 12. Right? I wasn't like I am. I wasn't loud. I wasn't funny. I was funny, but it's just in my own head right? I wasn't, I wasn't confident. I wasn't the, per, the sort of person who could stand up and talk in front of people. I wasn't those things. But by 15 or 16, I was because I was taught right through my teenage years by my youth leaders and by my parents that I was the head and not the tail. I was above and not beneath. That those who believe in God will be strong and do great exploits. That these are the sort of things that I've been telling myself all of my life, right? And I, and I believe it most of the time. But even if I don't believe it, it's the thing that goes on and on in my head and it starts to compete with those other wrong thoughts. Are you right? So if you're blessed, what's happening? Come on, we're living powerfully with money. If you're blessed, what's happening with your money? You're blessed with your money, right? But until you budget your finances, you will never have enough money. Until you have a budget that you stick to, you will never have enough money. My uncle was earning uh, maybe about three or four hundred thousand dollars a year in salary. He owned a business that was paying a dividend more than that. And he said this to me at the day before payday, every stupid person has the same amount of money, doesn't matter how much they earn. And the day before payday, every smart person is rich, doesn't matter how much they earn because the reality is it's not ever how much money that you're earning it's what you're doing with the money that you that you is going to determine whether you live with freedom and power or whether you live right so how many people would like to learn how to budget anybody Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the best way to do this is to sit down one-on-one and look through all your expenses and figure it out, right? But actually, budgeting is easier now than it ever used to be because of things like Microsoft Excel, which used to be really hard, things like internet banking, where you can actually see all of your expenses uh, laid out, okay? Uh, Show of hands, a quick show of hands. How many people you would say um, you have a... Uh, How many people would say you have a strong foundation in finances? Maybe your parents taught you really well. You know exactly how much money you've got in an account right now. You know exactly what your expenses are this week coming up and for the month heading up. You've got your annual expenses like your student fees, uh, your car registration. You've got those on lock. This week when you get paid, you'll be putting the money aside for, you know, know, your $2 a week for your car registration goes into the car registration account. How many people got that on lock? Okay Putty does Hey the two are one right Okay that was what I expected Putty Because he's married the right person And Duncan Because he was born Into the family That taught him how to do that And because he's a diligent person He's learned how to do it as well Right The rest of us could do better Right And those two could do better still Because God's calling Always calling us forward To greater levels of power Right How many people Write at the other end of the scale You actually Tonight when you go to buy dinner You'll be doing the F-Pos roulette this is the other end of the scale where you give it a swipe. You give it a swipe and you put in the number and you're like, come on, lucky 10, come on, lucky 10. Right? How many people are doing the F-Post right? That's the other end of the scale, Okay. Now, somewhere in the middle, is wherever you are on that, you can actually move forward into greater levels of blessing, right? And it starts with facing up to the fact that you are blessed. Okay, I am blessed. How much money do I have? How can I make this work, right? There's people in this room who live better than you off less than you. There's people in this room who live worse off than you with more than you, right? And it's about how we approach it and we can get it right. okay. If you're at the very bottom here, like not the bottom because that's, that's hierarchical. If you're at the beginning of this exciting journey to financial freedom and power, right, there's only one rule for you. There's only one rule for you. The rule for you at the beginning of the journey is that the digital world will destroy you. If you're playing pos roulette, you you're not, you're not. Grown up enough to own an fpos card. If you don't know how much money's in the account, you shouldn't be using the card. You shouldn't be using the right? When we were teenagers, mum and dad we would take the cards off us. Like they would look at the account, like, you know, Moana Road Dairy, Moana Road Dairy, Moana Road Dairy, Moana Road Dairy, Moana Road <laughs> Dairy. My brother, in his first job, 16, he's earning $126 a week. A lot of money back in the 1930s when we were 16 years old. He's earning $126 a week at Pizza Hut. He's working like 16 hours at Pizza Hut. He's spending every cent at the dairy on chocolate, ginger beer, chips, right? (laughs) A, you're going, to roll, you're going to be rolling to and from work when you work at Pizza Hut and you spend all the money at the dairy, right? B, there's no way to operate with the money. So they took the card off him and they would give it back to him for set things, set purchases, right? Until he learned how to do it, right? Now, he, now he's actually the best of, uh, he's, actually the, he's actually better than me at controlling money and making things happen, right? Because he was taught how to do it. Okay, if you're, if you're, playing, if you're paying F-Post Roulette, you're going to have to live in a cash world, you're going to have to go back. You're going to have to go old school cash, right? This is how old school cash works, right? You get paid at, the, at, the, at every fortnight or you get your student allowance coming in and you have decided what you're going to spend on food and rent, right? This is how, this is how you prioritize your budget, right? You have a, if you've signed a lease or you've made agreement around a house, you pay your rent first. Rent, power, Those expenses, especially if they're shared with somebody else, someone else, right? Because you've made a commitment to those people. Rent and your power, you pay it first. If you have money after that, you're going to eat. Right? If you have money after that, you're going to eat. If If you don't have money after that and you're starting to get hungry, like day two, you're hungry, so come and talk to me. We'll feed you every night of the week at our house. Right, I'm feeding four kids already. It won't matter if there's another person there. Because we, we eat things like spaghetti bolognese and it's like, it's easy. It's another $1.70 pasta. I don't buy the cheapest pasta because, man, if you only, you know, oh, you can save 50 cents or we can eat nice pasta. Right? If you're going to eat cheap, eat nice cheap. That's my theory, right? So you pay your rent. You pay your fixed expenses. If you have money after that, then you eat. If you don't have money after that, then you pray. You pray. Now, one of the one of the, the probably one of the best dad moments. My one of my best dad moments was um, when we were first um, pastoring in Auckland. We had three kids. I think Austin had just been born, and we were really tight financially. So we uh, gave a car away. It was like I'm going to give my car away, and feel like wow, that's amazing. And I gave my car to Ed Anderson. And he was like, man, it's such a blessing. And he was able to do what God had called him to do because he had the car now, and uh, it meant that I saved a lot of petrol money. <laughs> that's why I gave the car away. Car was costing me money, right? And then I would right, get up, at, uh, leave the house at like 5:50. 50. I would skateboard from my house in Pepatory to Pepatory train station. I would catch the train to Newmarket and I would skateboard from Newmarket. Into the city because that's the only time I would get there in time for E group. Otherwise, I could catch the train right into Queen Street and then catch the fifty cent bus up to, from Queen Street, right? And it meant that I had to leave really early, but it, I had to do whatever I had to do to make the finances work. And we were under we were under like a lot of pressure, and so we were doing things like you know you, you're buying your groceries, and so you you end up buying simpler and simpler and simpler food. You restrict things in, and we weren't we weren't uh, unhappy or anything like that. We would, but we were tight, right? Yeah. So um. Uh, some of our friends bought like, they knew that we were tight. I think they'd come to our house for a like lunch or whatever, and they' were, you know you know people sometimes look in the cupboards oh, are they helping out with the lunch or whatever and they, they you know, oh flip these guys are a bit tight. so I think the next day they turned up with um maybe like five or six bags of groceries, which is a lot it 's not nothing now because of me, Elliot, and Austin and Maddie. five bags of groceries is like that's like your midweek top up. But it was like five bags of groceries, but it was all the it was all the it was all the foods that you don't buy when you're tight. It was like five bags of good cool food. You know, so cocoa pops I think and uh stuff like that. Uh some nice cheese and crackers, that's what Chrissy likes. And and I can remember um the kids at uh the older kids had just got home from school, Candy, and Austin was he was too small to care. He was just dribbling somewhere and. I can remember it was, it's literally the coolest dad moment of life. Talking and Maddie saying, "Where did all this cool, food, great food come from?" And me able to say, "God gave it to us." It's one of the best. It was one of the best devotions. You know, it's one of the best lessons I've taught my kids. It's the simple truth that that God blesses us when we're real tight. Now, does he does he constantly shower us with Cocoa Pops? No, but come on, we can, we can have faith and we can believe. Now, if you spend your power money or your rent money on Cocoa Pops, it's really hard to go back to God and say, God, I wasted the money you gave me last week. I wonder if you could help me with some food. See, because that's a, that's a prayer that God can't answer. I'll tell you why. Because it's a prayer you can't pray with faith. It's really hard to go to God and say, God, I'm, like I wasted all the money you gave me. Could you give me some more? Can you pray that prayer with faith? If you could, maybe God would answer. But maybe he would just direct you to Scripture where it says, go to the ant, you sluggard, you lazy person. Consider her ways and be wise. Having no chief officer or ruler, she prepares her food in the summertime. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of your hands to rest, and then poverty will come upon you like a thief, like a wayfaring man, like a homeless person. It's crazy. Like a crazed homeless person, poverty will come upon you. I don't know, I've never been attacked by a wayfaring man, but Scripture obviously happened in the Bible. Go to the ant. Now here's the, here's the lesson. Go to the ant. If you're running out of money all the time, go to the ant. What does the ant do? The ant prepares at one season for the whole year. So the ant thinks about each season for the whole year. That's why smart university students get jobs in the summer, not because I need money in the summer, but because I need money for the whole year. You can't always get it right, but you can pray and believe, right? Think about your whole year. Think about two years. Think about three years. And the seasons when God is blessing you, stash the, stash food away so you have what you need, right? So when it comes to budgeting, right, if you're beginning right at the start, you've got to go back to cash and you've got to stash the cash that you're, the only cash you carry is the cash that you can spend. Every other bit of cash stays at home for rent. So if you get paid weekly and you pay your rent monthly, you've got to put your rent money in an envelope somewhere where your flatmates can't find it, and you've got to hand it over at the right time. Or you've got to – you, if you're one step further, you can, start, you can do everything with automatic payment and have a real limited amount of cash available on your FPOS, and you know exactly how much it is, and you know once you've swiped it, you've swiped your $20 and it's gone – Right, I lived for eighteen months and I had ten dollars a week to party with. It was the nineteen nineties again, so ten dollars a week would buy you know a small car and a house in the country. But come on, ten dollars a week, right? So ten dollars, you know, what? ten dollars a week means eighteen months. No shoes, no eating out, no movies. It means no going off to the beach surfing. You've got no spare petrol money. You've got you're not you're not you're not going to Australia on holidays. You're not doing you're ten dollars a week, right? For ten dollars a week, you, you you get to buy a couple of cans of coke to really get you through the week. Uh, you know, you're not you know ten dollars a week, and that's what it was like. And it was because that's what I was doing at the time. I was I had no salary. I was traveling with a mission team, and people were supporting me, and someone was supporting me $10 a week and that's what I had $10 a week but stuff happened for all of those 18 months people would people would give me money or people would give me vouchers for clothes people gave me vouchers Some, someone gave me $380 voucher once for a shoe shop right so me and two friends got shoes <laughs> Right? Why? Well, actually, through that whole year, I probably ate better than I did the year before. Through that whole, actually, eighteen months, I actually I traveled all around the South Island. I surfed in all of the best surf spots in the on the east coast, the whole east coast. Right? Because other people would pay for petrol money. They say, "Hey, you can come along." Right? Because I because I was blessed. Why was I blessed? Because I had ten dollars a week. No, I was blessed because God was with me, and because at the time I didn't have access to credit cards or anything stupid like that, and I had ten dollars a week. Ten dollars. I couldn't get out of control, right? And so God actually blessed me, right? So are you, the the challenge is: Are you going to take control of your finances? Because if you if you can take control of your finances, if you if you can go from playing f post roulette roulette, it's only a step to step to step before you're in the position to do what we talked about this morning. You need to listen to this morning's message to find out about how to get out of debt. If you are in debt, listen to the message from this morning and come and talk to me. I can talk you through how across a couple of years you can go from $50,000 credit card debt, uh, higher purchases and a car loan, you can go from there to debt free in a couple of years, right? If you can focus your attention, right? I know how to do it because I've done it, right? You can do it, but you've got to focus and you've got to pay attention right God wants to bless you you are blessed so if you're blessed if you're blessed you can make it work right you can make it work but you're gonna to have to work it to make it work is that all right very very cool okay uh, what how much time we've got two minutes that's good perfectly perfect perfect I'll be able to wrap up I was, going to, I was going to reiterate some of what I said this morning, but if you have a smartphone, you can download. Uh, wait till you've got free Wi-Fi, obviously. Don't waste your money on expensive phone plans. Uh, the, um, download the Equipus Church app. How many people have got the Equipus Church app? Oh, lots of people. Uh, the sermons go up on the Equipus Church app, and listen to this morning's message, listen to tonight's message. Uh, but the main, the main point I want to finish with this is this. At, at Equipus Church, we can help and not just we not we not just we can help we will help we're really helpful helping people we really are and there's people in our, there's people in our church who are uh, who are, understand every stage of uh, financial journey there's people in our church who have who are one income with lots of small kids. There's people in our church with two incomes. There's people in our church who, who know how to lead through university on student allowances or no student allowance and you're just living on a student loan. How do you make that work in a way that honors God? We, we, we've got we, we know there are a bunch of people in our church who are one step ahead of where you're at who can speak with authority about how to live with power in that space. There's people in our church who can advise you about stocks and shares and investments beyond that as well. That's not me. There's other people who can do that, right? Uh, so wherever you're at we can help you but the, the our goal as a leadership team our goal as the leaders of our church is that we want to teach people how to live powerfully and my purpose tonight was to get into your head that God wants you to be free God wants you to be powerful God wants you to, to position you so that you can do with money what he's called you to do some of you are called to make a difference internationally you can't travel internationally for free not unless you're super fast you can sprint across a tarmac grab a hold of a tire Swing up into the engine bay, right? It's not a great way to travel, right? I don't believe God's calling you to do that. So he might be calling you to save some of the money he's giving you now for the plan that he's got for you in the future, right? Some of you are called to make a difference in business. You can't make, you know, if you're going to make a difference in business, where you've got to learn how to do is manage the small things you have right now. I'm reiterating what I said in the first sermon of our series, Money May. But all of the Money May series, sermons will be there, and they actually fit together quite nicely, the three of them. Mastering money, escaping debt, and living powerfully, uh, you can find some freedom in it, right? Yeah. We can't help you if you don't ask for help, though, because none of us are going, none of us, we haven't hacked your bank accounts. We don't know how much money you've got. We don't really care how much money you've got. We just want you to be able to live free. So if you need help, you'd like help, then talk to us, and we can teach you how to do it. Is that all right? Uh, in one minute, can I teach you the automatic money plan? Okay, okay, so most of you people are not, are not house owners with high debt lives, right? Most most of you, half of you probably don't actually work, you're students or not working, right? High school students, uni- university students, uh, government workers, clinical psychologists. There's a range of people here, right? Okay, so have you know what the automatic know what the automatic money plan is? Okay, the automatic money plan is this. Uh, you, you take the first 10% you earn and you tithe. Uh, this automatic money plan is developed by a non-Christian financial advisor. Uh, he says you take the first 10% of what you earn and just give it away to charities. Uh, we, take, we say you take the first 10% you earn and you, you tithe it to God. Now, when you tithe or in the automatic money plan that I'm talking to you about... Uh, the guys are not Christians say when you give to charity, the reason you do that very first, the first thing you do with the, with, your, with your income, so you get $100, you get paid on Thursday night, you get $100 comes into your account, you have an automatic payment that goes out Friday morning or Thursday night of $10 to whatever your charity is or to church. The reason you do that is because you, then you're telling your money who's boss right at the start. You're telling your money. So that gives you power over your finances, right? So number one, 10%. You tithe, Uh, number two, 10%, you put into a savings account. And you never think about it again. just goes into a savings account, into a savings account, into a savings account. And then you live off 80% of your income, right? And you do it the way I said. You pay your rent and your fixed costs. If you have money left over, you eat. If you have money left over after that, you eat quite well, healthily. If you have money left over after that, you can buy clothes. Otherwise, you get old clothes off other people who are throwing them out. Right? That's how you do it, okay? If you're on a small income, you can still do 10%, 10%, but you've got to get the order right after that. You pay your rent and your fixed costs and your commitments, to particularly the, as they relate to other people. Right? Don't rip money off your friends. <laughs> right? Right? Because you're you're destroying relationship for the sake of money. As soon as you do that, you're making money more important than people, right? As soon as you do that, you're really messing the whole order of the universe around, and you can't expect God to bless that, right? So you pay rent, fixed costs, and then you pray. Cool? 10%, 10%, fixed costs, pray. If you do that, I can guarantee you, hand on heart, I can guarantee you if you do that, 10% just goes away and saves you. When it comes time for you to buy a house, you'll have enough money to do it. Don't listen to the news, you'll have enough money you have enough money to do it, I guarantee it. When you want to travel overseas, or for your overseas experience, right, if you've been doing that, for three, four years, you'll have more than enough money to do it, right? Why? Because you're, you're, you've got the power of compound interest working against you, uh, working for you instead of working against you. Every other chump who's got a higher-purchase television and a car loan from some shark in Upper Hutt, right, all of that, so every other chump who's paying, they've, they've got compound interest working against them. And Einstein said this, the most powerful force in the universe is compound interest. Uh, he had a real heart for banking, obviously. Cool. Can I pray for you just before we go? Oh, we'll close your eyes, bow your heads. Holy Spirit, I just thank you for everybody here, and Lord, we we do we do we do uh, celebrate the fact. Lord God, that You want to bless us. You want to bless us with Your presence. You want to bless us with Your love. You want to bless us with Your goodness. And Lord, I do. Lord, I pray right across this group of people. I thank You that they are the head and not the tail. They're above and not beneath. Lord God, that they are blessed. Lord God, and they're blessed like Abraham. They're blessed to be a blessing. And Lord, I just pray that even tonight, as I've been talking, Lord, I pray that vision has come to our hearts. Lord God, vision has come to people's hearts. People who are perhaps are struggling with their finances, or their their finances are bossing them around. Their money is bossing them around. Oh, I pray that coming to their heart right now would be the power of the Holy Spirit lifting them so that they could see a future where they can go beyond just making ends meet or just scraping by to a place where they can be a blessing, Lord God, where they can be the sort of person who's a resource for the kingdom and a blessing to friends, a blessing to family, Lord God, Uh, and they can do that, Lord God, with power, Lord God, with money, Lord God, that that they could use money, Lord, to extend your kingdom, to extend your purposes in the world. Do you know... Uh, I want to give people an opportunity to respond to Jesus. And maybe you're here and you've never taken like a first step to acknowledge Jesus. Uh, I talked about the whole story of, of the plan of God. And the plan of God is, is relationship. But God wants us to relate with Him. He, want, he wants to relate with us. He created us so that, so that we could relate with Him, so that we could be friends with Him. And our sin separates us from God. But Jesus took upon Himself all of our sin. And He died a painful death so that we don't have to be separated from God, but we can be brought near. The Bible says that we're brought near by the blood of Christ. That means His sacrifice makes a way for us to connect with God in relationship. So if you're here and you've never made this, uh, taken the first step, the first step in a, in a journey of becoming a, a Christian, I guess, or following God is to acknowledge Jesus as your Savior. Acknowledge that you, this sin is a part of your experience, that you fall short of God's glorious plan. And identifying with Jesus and receiving forgiveness or asking for forgiveness it's really a first step. Now, there's, a whole, there's a whole billion other steps in a journey following God, but that first step is to acknowledge Jesus. And if you're here tonight and you've never made a, a decision to acknowledge Jesus, you've never prayed a prayer asking Him to forgive you of your sin, uh, I, I, I want to invite you. We're going to do that in a minute. We'll all pray together. But before we all pray together, if, if you've never made this decision before and you'd like to tonight, why don't you just, why everyone else has got their heads bowed their eyes closed just maybe look up catch my eye and give me a quick wave and say yeah i want to make that decision tonight i want to take a first step to follow jesus if that's you just catch my eye and give me a wave and say yeah i'm making that decision tonight um awesome thank you boys awesome thank you is there anybody else you want to join these guys and you're making that decision tonight i want to follow jesus i want to make a decision that's awesome. Hey, we're going to pray together. Is that all right? Uh, I'll pray a line, then we'll all pray it together. And uh, we do that so that the people who are responding for the very first time don't feel embarrassed, but they can actually pray out loud and, uh, and really acknowledge Jesus. Here we go. Dear God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for choosing me. I, and I'm choosing tonight to ask you for forgiveness. I put my trust in you. And I want to begin tonight to follow you from today and from all of my life I choose to make you the center of my focus thank you God for loving me and for choosing me in Jesus name I pray Amen Amen awesome I don't know um, I don't know whether it's come across tonight but I the last message of this thing about money is that we would get a vision and, 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 and um, do you know, um, m- money is not like everyone thinks it is. One thing I've learned in life, money is not like what everyone thinks it is. Money doesn't, money doesn't work like um, adding and subtracting. It seems like it does, but it doesn't work like that. The actually, when we, when we are in charge of money, we can make it grow just by living well with it. And when money is in charge of us, it just disappears. And it controls us. And so there's a bunch of people in the world who are controlled by their bad debts or their lack of finance. And there's a whole bunch of other people in the world who are controlled by their huge bank accounts and their long-term deposits. Neither of those positions are where God wants you. God doesn't want you to have so much money that you don't need to worry about Him. That God, that's not what God wants. God doesn't want you to have so little money that you can't do what He's called you to do. God wants you to live freely with your finances, free to honor God with your finances, which means you're not loose and crazy with it and you're not tight and and restricted with it, but you're freely able to do what God's called you to do. Amen? Yeah, you know, if that's you, if you've got a vision, if you want to actually have a vision to say, yeah, i want to do something great with my finances. Maybe you even can feel it stirring across those. Why don't you stand to your feet? Let's pray together. Is that all right? Maybe we could, we could pray together and, let, and we could believe that God could do something great. Yeah? Uh, if, if you've got a friend, why don't you pray with your friend? If you don't have a friend, find a friend. Uh, if you don't want to pray with a friend, just pray by yourself. Find someone you can pray with. Duncan, why don't you pray with Shay? Alistair, you, uh, you can pray with these young fellas down here. Uh, Chanel, you could turn around and pray with the Beatham gang. We've got to pray. People that we can pray with. Let's pray. Come on, let's pray into the future of the other person that you're praying with. Is that all right? You don't need to know their circumstances to, to pray something on the lines of God. Do something great, Lord, in my friend's life. Pray freedom on them, Pray, pray breakthrough on them, pray the blessing of God. Lord God, we declare your blessing, Lord, over everyone gathered. Lord, we declare your blessing on every person, Lord God, that they know your goodness, that they know, Lord God, your hand enabling them doing something great in their world. Lord, I pray for vision, Lord God. I pray for, for business people to rise up. Lord, I pray for uh, for people with understanding, Lord God, of what they, you're calling them to do, Lord God. People are going to have even extreme amounts of wealth, enabling, Lord, them to do what you've called them to do. Lord, I pray for those who need to rise up in and strength and begin to take responsibility. Lord, I pray they take responsibility. Lord God, for their finances to see. Lord God, themselves move forward. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. You can keep praying. That's good. After you prayed for maybe 30 seconds, you can swap over and pray for the other person. You can pray for the first person. That would be awesome. Praying team, well done. Uh, next next week, what time does our service start, Shay? <laughs> Three o'clock if you're in the creative team. Uh, four o'clock for everybody else. Yeah, four o'clock service, and um, and uh, we'll figure out somewhere to go for for hangouts after the service. We'll make a plan at some, and we should tr- definitely involve food in that. I reckon. Uh, that'd be very cool, but obviously, inexpensive food. Uh, very cool. Uh, and uh, just, can I say it again? If you want some help, we're happy to help. We really believe that that people can move. We really believe for people to move forward with authority and power. Amen. Very, very cool. Awesome. Keep up to date with what's going on on the app, and uh, we'll see you next Sunday.